This episode of Remnant Radio is brought to you in part by our sponsors at Kairos Classrooms. Have you ever thought about learning a biblical language as a supplemental tool in your biblical studies? Well, Kairos Classrooms offers real classroom environments with with classmates and a live instructor who can help teach you biblical languages, both Greek and Hebrew. You need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. Uh, The price for a single semester is crazy affordable for anyone, so check out the links in the description and use promo code REMNANT to get 10% off Kairos Classrooms. Check out Kairos Classrooms today. Discount code R-E-M-N-A-N-T, REMNANT, to get 10% off your semester. Hey, everybody. This is Joshua Lewis. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to The Remnant Radio. Today, I am with a new guest by the name of Michael Lombardo. If you guys uh, are so inclined to ask your questions, we will be monitoring the feed throughout the show. If you're watching a rerun, make sure to drop your questions in there as well because we want to answer them if you have any questions. Michael, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, bro. Yeah, man. I'm glad to have you on. I'm excited. <laughs> we tried to do this last, like last week? Was yeah, last week. Last week. Yeah. 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 And yeah. then there was a, a bit of a complication. I don't know yeah. If or what you want to share, but yeah. Uh, yeah, stuff happens, man. Yeah, absolutely. It worked out, Family right? stuff, but it was good. Yeah. Yeah, all's well. Yeah, I love it. Okay, cool. So today, uh, give us a little bit about yourself, a little about your ministry, kind of your upbringing, um, and then kind of how you travel, how people can get in contact with you, all that good sure, stuff. Sure, Um So my wife and I, my beautiful wife named Selena, a little girl named Selah, about to have another baby on the way, mm-hmm. uh, met my wife in Mozambique, Africa with um, Heidi Baker's ministry, um, Iris Global. I went to Christ for the Nations Institute. I got radically saved from drug addiction, wanting nothing to do with God. Um, and well, once I got saved, I just, man, I just wanted Jesus. That's all I wanted. Mm-hmm. It was just one encounter. But um, from there, I went to Bible school, got introduced to missions, um, went to Thailand, Laos, Malaysia, Indonesia, two summers in a row, changed my life, set my heart wow. on fire for missions. After Bible school, I just went straight to Africa, and i just kind of been bouncing around ever since. But we have a ministry, Life Poured Out International, mm-hmm. and um, our mission statement is to reach the lost, ignite the church, and serve the poor. Amen. And so everything we do, man, is with those things in mind, to reach the lost, to bring people home to Papa God, the That's lost, awesome. and then to ignite the church, to see the church wake up, to equip the church, to ground the, tr- you know, the church in the truth. And so um, anyway, we travel all around the world, all around the U.S., equipping, pouring into the church, and then we do a lot of evangelism overseas, man. So, yeah. yeah. So, and you do, so you've, you've written this book here. Yep. Yes, sir. Immersed in his glory. Tell me a little bit about your book, man. Yeah. So for me, <laughs> boom, right here. And so this is really just my heart in a book. Okay. Man, like the past 10 years, I got saved 10 years ago. I was 20. Now I'm 30. And so when I encountered Jesus, it was what I was, he was what I was looking for. Amen. You know, everything in the world, I was, dude, I was trapped in, man. I was, I was a hedonist. You know, and like just a pleasure seeker, bro. Yeah. Um, more drugs, more women, more money, more pleasure. You know, whatever it was, I wanted to satisfy myself. And um, it was just empty. And it was brokenness at the end of the day. Just like Ecclesiastes. He said, I had all these women. I had all this money. I was the wisest person in the world. But at the end of the day, vanity of vanities. And that's exactly how I felt. Amen. And so when I encountered Jesus, my life changed. And I realized like this is what I was born for. Everything else was a counterfeit. You know, the enemy, he just brought drugs and all this stuff into my life because I didn't know the true pleasure that I was created for. Psalm 1611, in his presence is fullness of joy. Mm -hmm. At his right hand, pleasure forevermore. So there's this intimacy that we were created for, this love that that we were meant to know. Like it says in the Song of Songs, his love is more intoxicating than wine. Mm -hmm. It's this joy that he brings into our lives. And when I encountered that, all I wanted was more. And I went on this journey of how do I experience more of God? How do I know him in a deeper way? And through that, God's had to take me through some performance, some legalism. He had to break some things off my life, heal me in a lot of ways. But um, really, for me, it's all about knowing him, walking with him, abiding in his presence. And then from that place, our calling flows. From that place, the anointing, the miracles, the salvations, the... If you're called to the business realm, if you're called to media, whatever you're called to, your anointing flows from that place of knowing him or else we're just running off of fumes. That's good. And so so that's what this book's about. It's my heart message. I share a lot of my story as well as tons of teaching that I really believe will equip believers to walk in his presence. Amen. And yeah. then, and then finally, you 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 do a show very similar to this in many respects. You you Skype call people in, mm-hmm. Zoom, whatever. You you, mm-hmm. you chat with people across the world. Tons of pastors, teachers. It's one of the things that we want to integrate mm. eventually into our set 
setup is to be able to reach out to people internationally. But tell us a little bit yep. about that, man. That's really exciting. Yeah. And so it's called Awaken Live and it's based out of Ephesians 5.14, Awake, awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Yeah. It's actually one of the first scriptures I memorized and I had no clue what it meant, but it was just the Lord putting that in me. Mm-hmm. Um, that was written to believers. Yeah, that wasn't written to the lost. That was written to believers. So mm-hmm. we need to we need to wake up. There's a lot of areas in our life that we have truth, and other areas where we need to see the light and we need to wake up. And so um, anyway, so God began to open doors to do that. I just He put it in my heart to do this split screen kind of format. I saw one other person do it, and I was like, wow! Like, and God said, stop thinking about it and just do it. And so I started to be consistent with it every week, had a friend, a missionary on, and then God began to open up awesome doors to have like the uh, John and Carol Arnott and yeah. Will Hart, Jamie Galloway, Roberts Lairdin, some really cool people on the show, man. So yeah. I feel like it's been about a year and a half, but we do one every week, sometimes twice a week. Um, it just streams on my Facebook page and on YouTube. So we yeah. dump them all on YouTube as well. That's cool, man. So, yeah. so if you guys, uh, if you guys are interested in that kind of stuff, you, you like this kind of platform. That's a great platform. You'll really enjoy his kind of stuff. So you jump mm-hmm. on there, uh, similar stuff. So let's talk about what we're talking, we're, we're getting into today. Experiencing God's presence, experiencing that uh, the Holy Spirit. Give us uh, why did you pick this topic? Why are you passionate about it? And give mm-hmm. us an intro to it. Yeah, so like I said, man, when I encountered God, like I was a drug addict before. I wanted to be high every moment, every hour. And so when I encountered Jesus, I remember one of the first thoughts was, there is no pleasure greater than this. Ecstasy doesn't beat this. Weed doesn't beat this. Whatever I've experienced before, this is what I was meant for. And so because I wanted to be high every day, I just wanted to know Jesus. I just wanted to experience him every moment, every hour, right? And so, you know, I would run to him. You know, I'd get in the word. I would spend time with him alone. And then he would come and it was always different. It was never the same. It wasn't always, you know, sometimes he just pour love in my heart. Sometimes it was peace. Sometimes it was a tangible, weighty presence of God, you know, and I can't say that I was walking in that 24 seven, but at the sure. same time I was, I was learning and I'm, and, and I'm on a journey here, you know, and in Bible school, I spent hours and hours on my face in the prayer room, reading the Bible, seeking God. Like I took that time seriously. I didn't say, let me just mess around in Bible school and learn yeah. a couple things. It was like, no, I have this time to get equipped, you know, and I invested everything into it. And so people call me the prayer room guy because I spend most of my time in the prayer room. And so, but I had some performance issues, man. I believe that God loved me because my parents loved me a lot in my sin and my rebellion. But um, I didn't believe God liked me. I didn't believe that he delighted in my life. I believed I needed to perform for him, that I needed to twist his arm. I needed to convince him to pour out his presence or his glory in my life. And because of that, I was like a constant roller coaster constant roller coaster. One minute I'm on the top of the world. If I woke up at five in the morning and prayed for three hours, like I feel like Smith Wigglesworth would do or Catherine Coleman would do or Benny Hinn would do or something like that. And then the next minute, man, if I slept in an extra hour, if I didn't share the gospel with somebody at Walmart because I was just too busy or I was scared or whatever, then condemnation, condemnation. And I call it self-condemnation because it doesn't come from God. It comes from us. It's good. Right. So I dealt with that and I had some dark moments and I had some, you know, mountaintop moments. But at the end of the day, the Lord began to break open the scriptures to me and began to show me the beauty of Christ and his finished work and what he accomplished for me. And that brought such an ease into my life, such a such a freedom in my relationship with the Holy Spirit, where I began to experience him not only in church, not only in the prayer room, but as I was driving the car, as you know, driving my car, as I was in the shower, as I was washing the dishes, as mm-hmm. I was doing my daily chores, because I began to realize that I have continual access to God through faith in Jesus Christ. And Jesus did that for me. He broke down every barrier, every wall that separates me from the Father so that I could have this beautiful living relationship with my God. I don't need to strive for it. I don't need to perform for it. And because my life was so liberated in this way, I have a passion to teach other people how to be liberated too. Because if you're a believer and you're pure-hearted, you know, self-condemnation and performance, these are the propensities we need to learn to overcome. Yeah. It is so true, and so I've I've got a passion to teach believers how to do that. Yeah, so like you, you sound like Brother Lawrence. I don't know if you're familiar with oh. this guy, um, but he talks about mm. how he pos- he possesses God during the clamor of his kitchen. He's a monk, right? He's, mm. he's cleaning dishes the same way he does on his knees, you know. And to be able, uh, we call it on some level Christian mysticism, and I know that mm-hmm. that word gets thrown around in a negative way a lot of the times. But there are these people that God has has blessed the earth with that are just. Mm. That are that are mystic in a sense that that their their goal is to just experience be with the Lord. Um, when I say that, everyone's heart cry should be, <laughs> "Lord, Lord Jesus, come!" Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. the Spirit and the Bride crying, "Come!" But there is this uh, 
the everyone's got, I guess, a mode by which they do that, right? Yep. So, so some preach the gospel, and then the end will come, right? Mm-hmm. Others, it's it's heaven invade earth. Let's let's pray this thing into existence. So everyone's got their their vein of how they do it. Uh, but what it sounds like you're saying is there are um, there are ways that the Lord wishes to express Himself. You talked mm-hmm. about experiencing God's peace, His power, His is, I mean, some people even experience the fear of the Lord when mm. he shows up in a prayer meeting. Explain that. Explain uh, people who, who might be coming from a more liturgical background, what, or even people who are Pentecostal charismatic who can't put words to what you're saying. Find, can, can you explain how and why God would do that, show up in modes and in feelings in which we can experience him? Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, he's a living God, and he loves relationship, right? And so... You know, he loves when we read the word. He loves when we fill our hearts with the word. And the word is essential when it comes to experiencing God's presence. And we can get into that as well. But he wants to speak with us. He's a real God. He's tangible. And if you read through the Bible, you know, from the beginning of time until, you know, from Genesis to Revelation, you see God revealing himself to people personally, also angels speaking with people. Mm -hmm. And you see all these different kinds of manifestations of the Holy Spirit, of God, of angels, the supernatural. And so it's all over the Bible. You can't get past it. So we have a God who is real and who loves to reveal himself to people. He, He longs to reveal himself more than even we want him to. It's his passion. That's why he died on the cross so that we can have relationship with him in that way. And so... Um, I, and the funny people say, oh yeah, we throw on the word, the glory or a lot of movements say the glory. I don't, I personally don't like the glory. Cause mm-hmm. for me, it seems like a force. It seems like, you know, let me like, may the force be with Star you Wars. or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you. exactly. But I like his glory because it's him. He's a person and the glory of God is really just him being revealed. And the fear of the Lord is a part of who he is. Love is a part of who he is. He's a multifaceted God. Amen. And so, um, you know, people are, let's say people that are experiencing the joy of the Lord, they're on the ground shaking or whatever. People don't get that. They're like, what's going on? They're laughing and they're laughing and they're laughing. Maybe they suffer with depression. Maybe they need to experience a God of joy. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe they need to laugh and they haven't laughed in a while. You know yeah. what I mean? So the Lord knows where we're at. He knows what we need. And always a part of who he is, is the solution, you know, mm-hmm. and he loves to reveal parts of who he is to the church all over the world. And so the glory of God is really just him. It's what is unseen and he makes it seen. It's what is unfelt and he makes it felt, Yeah, you know? So he just brings, he just ushers his presence into the natural realm. And it's amazing because the omnipresence of God is he's, he's with us all the time. You can go to the bar down the street, your cubicle at work. You can go to the highest part of the heavens. You can go to the deepest part of the sea. He is there. So you can't get away from God, no matter how, how, you know, how hard you try to run away from him. But the manifest presence is when he reveals himself, when there's something tangible, something weighty, when humans can touch and taste it. So so, so, and, and then and continue to walk me down that, because we're talking about performance stuff. I know we want to get into your scripture that you've opened up. Talk about that Josh performance stuff. Um, how, how is it that you can look at a person who's experienced the fear of the Lord and a person who's not experienced the fear of the Lord? Because in these charismatic Pentecostal circles, we will put each other up against each other based off of our experience. Like, this person's more spiritually mature, this person's not. You know, I remember, I remember a, a video, I can quote it, and it's, it's a song. Um, and I love this person to death. I listen to her more than I listen to anybody. So I'm not, I'm not hating on her at all, Mm -hmm. but she's like, if you've ever experienced the love of God, you'd never be the same. And you'd know, you'd know if you've experienced the love of God. And, and Mm. I think it's, I think it's Misty Edwards and she's on an album doing like this, this flow free. And I would have Misty on. I love you. Come on the show. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, but, but, but uh, what I'm trying to say is, is there accidentally, is it possible that we have, um, elevated certain experiences above others and created more mature Christians based off of experience, uh, opposed to based off of what the Bible calls mature, you know, because mm-hmm. the Bible talks about knowledge. The Bible talks about, and when he goes to the Corinthian church, he says, I came to you in demonstrations of God's power, um, uh, not, not with lofty speech, you know, so mm-hmm. that your, 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 your faith would be placed on the power of God, not the sure. wisdom of men. Then in the next chapter, he says, but I couldn't come to you as spiritually mature. I came to you as nursing infants. Right. He's yeah. like, I couldn't, I wanted to give you the wisdom of God. I wanted to give you those, the deep mysteries that it takes, you know, the glory of a king to search out, you know, uh, 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 uh yeah, it's the glory of God concealed matter. Yeah. Okay. So I'm making mm-hmm. sure I quoted that right. Yeah. You know, so, so, uh, 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 hash that out with me, hash out, um, is there spiritual maturity? And I know I kind of hedged it to say that there's yeah. not, but but there may be some. So so help me with that. Is there a spiritual maturity that comes from these experiences? Is there is it just intimacy and identity? What is it that uh, these experiences benefit us? 
Yeah, sure. Um, I, I believe what you're talking about, what Misty said, in yeah. terms of if you really encounter God, because if you behold him, you become just like him. That's right. So ultimately, that. at the end of the day, you know, the um, it's about being conformed into the image of Jesus Christ, right? Mm-hmm. And that, only, that, that doesn't only come through encounters, because we can have an encounter with God, <clears throat> or the devil can masquerade as an angel of light, right? Mm-hmm. And so I know people have had weird encounters, and they they mistake it as God, but a lot of the time, it may, maybe it's not. Maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's your imagination. Maybe it's a bit inflated, you know. But um, at the same time, so we need to pursue encounters. We need to pursue the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, we need to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God. This is actually my access point. Faith in what this says is my access point to these experiences with the Lord. And a lot of times, my experiences, the Lord will be speaking what is in here because these are his words and jesus is the word of god right and so when i encounter jesus it's it's confirming this you know he's speaking these words into my heart and into my life and so yeah some people always pursue encounters they like the tingles they like the the fire the heat they like falling on the ground and laughing and all that stuff they like the miracles but they don't like to get into the word of god you know and that's that's ridiculous i'm 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 so grateful that I grew up in a Word of Faith church because it was sing the Word, preach the Word, you know, meditate on the Word, teach the Word, you know, yeah. you know, you know, pray the Word. You know, it was so focused on the Word, and that's my foundation. And everything yeah. that I tell you, if I tell you a vision or an encounter that I had with the Lord, I'm always going to bring you back to why it's true through the Word of God. Amen. And so, but when you encounter Jesus genuinely and authentically, it will change you from the inside out. And so we need to hear Him, we need to be led by His Spirit, but at the same time, you know, they're, you know, we're talking about maturity. We're talking about maturity and things like that. You know, I think maturity is not judging anyone according to the flesh. We need to have spiritual discernment. You know, for some, someone might be shaken on the ground and it's not genuine. They're, they're, yeah. You know, they're faking it. Someone else might be shaken on the ground and look the exact same way and they're getting powerful downloads from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so if we just have a natural eye, we think, oh my God, well, look at these people here. Like they all must be, they must really all know God. They all, all must be real spiritually mature. No, one person's performing and one person's really having an encounter with the Lord. Yeah. And so we need to see with the eyes of heaven and not judge people so quickly based on the outside. And I, you know, there's been times in my life where I've experienced joy in a huge way I, I, where I was laughing uncontrollably. And that doesn't always happen to me now. Does that mean I'm less mature now? Yeah, absolutely not. But the Lord is pouring that into my life. He was imparting that into my life a few years ago. And to this day, that joy still lingers, but it doesn't look the same. Yeah. And so it doesn't need to look a certain way. It doesn't need to, you know what I mean? Um, and it's, uh, we should be careful saying, okay, this person, you know, is doing this or this person's experiencing God in this way. That means they're more spiritually mature. I think that the authority piece can be, uh, me personally, I would say that these experiences definitely uh, create an intimacy. They create a relationship. They create a dependency, which I think that is biblically rooted. That blessed are the poor in spirit, right? So like there's something about having a necessity and a great time of depression to have the joy of the Lord. Mm-hmm. There's something about uh, when when being in great poverty to to rest in his peace. There's something about, um, you know, when you're weak to rest in his strength, that these experiences, um, I, I think that the maturity is leaning into them. Yeah. The maturity is is accessing those things in time of need, not not d- saying uh, look. It's it's like tongues. I don't I don't ever look at a person that doesn't speak in tongues and say I am a better I'm better than you because I speak in tongues. I'm a better me because I speak in tongues. Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's the same thing. I'm not a better person because I've experienced the love of God than you, but. I am a better me because I've experienced the love of God. I've been able to press into him and lean into him when I didn't feel loved, when I didn't feel accepted, when I didn't feel appreciated. And, and the love of God was poured out into my life, not because of anything I did, because of who he is. And leaning yeah. into him is what produces spiritual maturity. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of one of these guys that I listen to a lot, I have great respect and honor for, he, he says spiritual maturity um, is not doing hard things. It's doing mundane things regularly. Right. So, so Good. maturity to me, especially when it comes to encountering God's presence, this is a practice. It's not mm-hmm. something that we just pick up and we drop and we come to church and we do it. It's a, it's a practice that you do in and out every single day where you, where you, Lord, you're a living human, you're human, <laughs> you're a living, breathing entity that has your own mind, your own feelings, your own emotions. What's going on today? Like, like be with this person. Right. And, and that practice is maturity. So um, maybe that that's the same thing, but maybe from a, a different side. Mm-hmm. That's cool. What, what, are you, what are you looking at here that you want to share in, here, in Hebrews here? <clears throat> I think one of the core scriptures that I love personally is Galatians chapter okay. 3. And this is something that we see, man. You know, especially when it comes to performance, 
and when it comes to no condemnation and confidence before God. Over and over again, we see in the Bible where the Lord tells us, he admonishes us, you know, he exhorts us. He says, come boldly before me, right? Mm. And so this is this is an awesome scripture, though. You know, it's Galatians chapter 3 and um, st- starts with verse 1. And he says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit, you're now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? And I love this line because, okay, receiving the Spirit, what does that mean? But he says, so then, does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you, uh, is it by the works works of of the law law or by hearing with faith? And I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm a part of the charismatic church. I believe I've had wild encounters with God. I've seen miracles, signs and wonders. I'm a part of charismatic churches and movements. But I think what we like to do is we like to give people formulas. Yeah. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. And then you'll experience the glory of God. Or you got to pull down the glory. You got to open up the heavens. You got to do pray six different ways. You have to, yeah. Blow no, the shofar, you. wave your yeah. flag. I love the, I love the flag. I shofar from Israel this week. So Come on, I'm man. I'm super anointed now. Dude, you are. <laughs> <laughs> See, but the shofar is good and the flags are good. Sure, but guess sure. what? It, that's not what's going to, like the glory's in heaven. And if you wave a flag, now all suddenly the glory's, God's going to decide to descend in his power and in his glory. A lot of these things just focus our mind and our attention on Jesus. Jesus is our access to the Father, and that's key. Ephesians 3.12 says, we have confident access to him through faith. You know, and it says in Hebrews chapter 10, I just opened up, I lost my page, but it says that we now have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, and he inaugurated this way for us through through the veil, which is his flesh, Mm -hmm. and he says, now we have a full assurance of faith, drawn near with the sincerity of heart and a full assurance of faith. You know, so there's this, there's, he's saying, be confident to approach me, and so this is something, it's... I got I got to always put a disclaimer because I believe yeah. in fasting, I believe in prayer, I believe in the the spiritual disciplines, the speaking in tongues and reading your bible and I love shofars and waving flags, all sure. that's good. But these things don't convince God to pour out his power and pour out his glory. These things actually focus and calibrate our attention and our affection on Jesus. Yeah. On Jesus. When I separate from that which is natural and I and I focus on the eternal when I fast, it's not the fact that I'm abstaining food that's causing God to download something new or fresh into my heart or break some chain off of me. It's a fact that I'm setting my heart and my attention on Christ. I'm meditating upon him. I'm spending extra time with him, getting alone with him. And so he really yeah, is powerful. the power of God, man. And yeah. so, but we mistake that. So when I fasted, I got a breakthrough. When I did this, I got a breakthrough. Absolutely. Praise God. Keep fasting, keep interceding, keep praying. But ultimately Jesus is the power of God. It is the gospel. It's the power of God. According to Romans 1 16, first yeah. Corinthians uh, 1 18 says the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us, it's the power of God who are being saved. That's right. And Christ is the wisdom and the power of God. So the only reason why fasting and prayer and intercession and tongues and evangelism are powerful is because Jesus poured out his blood. That's it, man. It's, it's all about him. And it's so easy to get into a ritual. It's so easy to get into a program and a procedure. And everyone's got an order of service. I'm not coming down on that. Mm-hmm. I, what I'm saying is, is that there's so many of us who, who because we've had the breakthrough, We've had the breakthrough in a time of fasting. We look at fasting and we have faith in fasting and not faith in his blood. And and I love I love when people begin to say that fasting and that prayer, that the word, that these things are ways to position our heart in faith towards him, not in a way for him like that we're twisting his arm to move for us. Yeah. Right. It's I fast not because I'm spiritual, but because I'm carnal. Mm -hmm. And I I tell people that and they don't get it. And I'm like, well, well, when my heart isn't for the poor, it's not for the hungry. When my heart is not for uh, my brother whom I love, when my heart is is for me, I've had outbursts of anger. You know, I've spanked my kid in anger. Like mm. those kinds of things stir up in my heart. I go, time to fast. <laughs> you know, like this is the flesh is getting out of control here, and my heart is not mm. positioned rightly after God. And this is it, it's just a way of 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 resetting, if you will. Um, and it's not a labor. It's not a work. It's not a uh, uh, you know, one of, of six steps that, that I must follow before God can send his glory or Shekinah or, or presence or fire. I mean, it's, it's the reason, you know, when, when we talk about this, uh, I, I came from a movement where one of our, our lead speakers would say things like, uh, you need the presence, you need the fire, you need the glory, you need the Holy Spirit, you need the, and it's like all those words are of oh, the anointing. You know, these are yeah. all 
synonymous. These are the same thing. Mm-hmm. But by creating extra biblical words, I know all those words can be found biblically, but be, by creating extra experiences, mm. what we're doing is we're we're pushing people out to say, you need this before you can do that, right? You need the presence before you can evangelize. You need the boldness before you can evangelize. You need the power before you can, right? And then we keep people sitting on their butts. They're speaking in tongues, prophesying to each other, but they're not going out to the four walls, mm. uh, outside of the four walls, you know, taking Jesus out there. And I, and I think that that one of the dangers is is just this is that mm. by creating these extra things we're telling people that 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 what Jesus did wasn't enough right mm. that you have to do this and you have to press for that and you have to go after this you've already received the spirit you've already you know had an encounter of the holy spirit and you feel bound in this legalism even mm-hmm. even it's not you know uh, uh liturgical legalism mm. when we say legalism we think of mm. like um uh, old rusty dusty religion, you know, not us Pentecostal charismatics. We don't, we don't have any of that. Mm. Yeah, we mm-hmm. do. We definitely, definitely do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, give, give me your thoughts on that, man. Yeah, and so I always got to give a disclaimer, man, because I, you know, I love fasting. Yeah. I love praying. I right love interceding. All of that. But we need to have a strong foundation in the Word of God. And I actually have a strong passion to preach these things um, in a biblical way. Sure. You know, to say, okay, you know, this is this is what the Word of God says. This is kind of where we've gone wrong in some ways. You know, we've we've kind of stepped into no fasting. I don't need that anymore. I got the fullness of God. Or we got to fast, 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 or else God's not going to use you. You know what I mean? And then you got that place that's biblical and it's sound. Yeah. And and we need to we need to teach that. We don't throw it away because people have abused it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We just we just do it rightly, and our focus and our attention is on Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's flesh to to look inward, and it's it's flesh to 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 strive and to try to find something in yourself, to try to be good enough, try to be worthy enough for God to pour out His power. All that's flesh. All that is us. But when we focus upon Him, we receive the empowerment that we need in life to go out and do these things. And this is this is the lie from the beginning. Even if you go to the garden, yeah. you know, Satan convinced Adam and Eve that they weren't like God. He was, he convinced them that they lacked something. They were made in the image and likeness of God. So they were already just like him. But Satan convinced them that you got to do something to be a little bit more like God. You know, you're, you're lacking something. It's this lie of lack that has penetrated the church. And when you read the Bible, there, there's, there's really no such thing. If you read the epistles, if you read the words of Jesus Christ, you know, it says in John 1.16 that we've received his fullness and grace upon grace. Mm-hmm. Jesus said in John 3.34, he said <laughs> that we receive his spirit without measure. Mm-hmm. That means he doesn't just give us a dab. He doesn't just give, you know, a little, little teaspoon, boop. He gives you a little bit of the Holy Spirit. No, yeah. he, he gave us the fullness of the Holy Holy Spirit. Colossians 2.9, the fullness of deity dwelt in Christ. Where does Christ live? Christ lives in us. The fullness of the deity dwells in us. We don't have a portion of the Trinity living on the inside of us. We have the very spirit of God, the fullness of God, right? And so we need to have a fullness mentality. The church needs to go from an old covenant paradigm to a new covenant paradigm where we receive all the blessings of God by grace through faith. Like faith is, for me, it's huge, man. It's huge. Faith is the core of the gospel. We walk by faith, not by sight. Yeah. Now, for me, faith is the connector to all the promises of God. When we link our trust in what the word of God says, and trust is literally not just your brain. Yeah, Jesus died for me. Yeah, it's not just mental ascent. Literally, the word of God, if you break down that word trust or believe, it's to wholeheartedly cling to, rely upon, yeah. adhere to the things of God. And so when my heart is rooted in the word of God, that that trust is there and it brings a manifestation of what's already mine in Christ. He gave us a full inheritance. We have fullness. We don't lack anything. But the devil, it's the same lie from the beginning. You need more of the power. You need more of the fire. You need more of the glory. Yes, I would love to encounter more of his glory. Yes, I would love to experience more of God's fire. But hear the words, experience more. Yeah experience more because he's there he's in me yeah you know i need to i need to understand that i need to identify with this fullness and you've been given all the things according to a life of godliness right like so i've I've been i've received all those things that are necessary to destroy the kingdom of darkness i i i had this revelation moment in a service recently as had been reading thessalonians where god shows up and he breathes on the the antichrist and and his followers Mm -hmm. and all this stuff in, in thessalonians and they melt before him right yeah um and then I had this realization that God breathed into us and Adam and he breathed into the disciples in John twenty twenty two, yeah. and that the same thing that he's going to destroy the kingdoms of darkness with is dwelling on the inside of us. Like that's, that's a, that's a profound knowledge to, to say that, that we can go into dark places because that spirit.
spirit abides in us, the fullness of God's spirit, right? All of it, not a part of it, not a junior Holy Spirit, not an mm-hmm. earned Holy Spirit, but a Holy Spirit that's been poured out through the shed blood of Jesus. And, and, my, and my goal is always to say Christ is sufficient. Christ is mm-hmm. enough. It's, it's an old school saying. But it, but it, it merits repetition. Right. Um, uh, 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 sola Christus. I mean, it's the five solas of the Reformation. Like like mm. it, in Christ alone. Like that is that's where our hope is found in Christ alone. That's where that's where our our faith lies. Yeah. Uh, our faith is not in the Word, yeah. right? It, we don't search out the Word because we think in them uh, has the words of life. No, Jesus is the words of life. Jesus oh, is the right. author and the finisher, and and the, and the Word points us to belief in Him. Prayer points us to belief in Him, yeah. not in, in in our ability, not in our labor, not in our hour and our you know in our time clock. Uh, most of prayer for me, and I, I know there is petition present yeah. in prayer, um, but most of prayer for me is is experience and just sitting and listening and waiting and and speaking uh, mm. sparsely, you know, just mm-hmm. being with the Lord. Um, I, I just it's hard for me to think with all of my education and all of my knowledge that I have something to give to Him. Like he doesn't mm. know it already. So most of what I do is just kind of, how you doing? <laughs> like, like what's going on? I listen to some music that glorifies the Lord. You know, maybe I'll sing along with it and pray, praise with it. But, but most of my life is being with him, not, not petitioning him. Like he doesn't already know. Yeah. Um, I that's do, good. I do, but, but just, you know, for balance sake, that's, that's a passion personally. Yeah, man, that's really good. And I think what really helped me in terms of accessing the presence of God and experiencing the presence of God is exactly what you said. I got three prophetic words in two days. Um, the Lord said, you're a warrior, you're, you're passionate, you have this zeal, and I love it. But he also said, but you need to learn how to rest. Mm. And I had no clue what that meant. I said, what does that mean? Fast, less, pray, pray, don't, don't pray, don't evangelize. What do you mean rest? Take more naps? Like, I, di- I didn't get it. I began to realize it's not, it's not a physical rest, man. It's a, it's a spiritual rest is what he's talking about. So stop striving. Stop trying yeah. in your own abilities. Stop trying to be worthy enough to approach the throne of grace, you know? And he was just saying, like, just, just rest. Just trust. And I began to actually sit and meditate and contemplate and just mm. be with him and not say a word. And actually, in that time, my faith grew. Um, I learned to be aware of his presence. I learned to still myself for his voice because so many people want to hear his voice, but they never take time to mm. listen. In. And so that became one of my favorite you know, types of prayer. Like even says in Isaiah 40, wait on the Lord and he will renew your strength. I literally felt the tangible presence of God fill my spirit, like strengthen my inner man, strengthen my spirit as I would just wait and just meditate and ponder and think upon him. I'd feel my spirit man strengthened. I'd be able to hear his voice clear. I'd get impressions or, um, or visions or like uh, pictures on my imagination. And I began to um, learn his voice in, yeah. a, in, in a way bigger way. And that was, you know, for me, when I'm meditating, I'm meditating on Christ. Christ in me, Christ all around me. I'm thinking about him. I'm thinking about the word of God. And so that brought access. Yeah. Right. It's faith in him. I'm, I'm gazing upon him. And then it brings a manifestation of God's presence. And as, as his presence manifests, I'm just there, just enjoying him, just yeah. just just being with him, just just sitting with my daddy. Right. And so that's key when it comes to accessing the presence of God. We could talk about that for a while. But absolutely, man, but it's so good. One of the things that people are afraid of it, it, when we talk about this kind of sit down, open yourself up. It, it's, it's very Eastern. It's very mystic. It's very, and, and there's a legitimate um, scripture. I think that kind of addresses this stuff when it talks about Jesus says to the disciples, I, which of you being evil when your son asks you for a fish is going to give him a, a rock, mm-hmm. you know, and you ask for bread is going to give you a scorpion. I might be switching those around. It's one or the yeah. other. And then he says much more will my father who's in heaven give you the Holy spirit to those who ask. That's right. The rock, the scorpion is clearly a reference to demonic presence yeah. demonic power they're accusing jesus of having a demon you know so when he is addressing his disciples and he's saying look when you go to the lord and you said like lord like i want to be with you i want your presence to be with me i want you to to, to be among me to fill me to to encounter me in this time of prayer he's not going to allow some demon to come creeping into the room to afflict you like it doesn't work that way that's not how how that's not how our good father who is in heaven yeah. you know who's who's better than our earthly fathers on earth that yeah. he's not doing that yeah. so so i think that there is there's peace there's comfort that we can have as believers to say Again, I believe in his blood, and I believe his blood is enough to speak to me, and his blood is enough to keep me secure in the time of, of communion that I'm with him. Yeah. So I think that's an important stipulation. It's biblical. Yeah. Over and over again, man, meditating on the law, meditating on God, you yeah. know, 
Um, be still and know that I am God. Wait upon the Lord. Listen to me in silence, it says in um, Isaiah 41.1. You know, we always like Isaiah 40, the, the last section where it says, wait on the Lord, renew your strength, you'll rise up on the, the wings of eagles. But then we knew there, you know, when the, when the Bible was written, you know, by Isaiah and all these people, that it wasn't, you know, there's no chapter divisions, you know, and there right. was no verses. We put that there to help us out, and that's great. But there's a continuing thought. Isaiah 41.1, he says, listen to me, O coastlands, in silence. You know, so there's something about listening to the Lord in in silence, meditating yeah. upon him, waiting on the Lord. This isn't unbiblical stuff. He's our he's our dad. He's our husband. He's our friend, right? And so you sit down and you speak with your friend. You listen to your friend. Yeah. You know, um, relationship isn't one way. Us always talking, and that's the that's the um, the prayer life of so many believers. I'm constantly talking. I'm praying in tongues. I'm thanking. I'm worshiping. I'm praising. I'm dot dot dot. You know, and that's great. I I do all of that. Sure. But um, I really have learned to cherish and value my time of just sitting. And listening and and just thinking about him and I, I've learned that um, I could really experience his presence and hear his voice and and really develop that in my life as I sit and do that and so and I think a lot of problems and this is along the lines of what we're talking about people get so experience driven when it comes to talking about the glory of God talking about miracles talking about the presence of the Lord visions dreams encounters all this stuff we get so experience driven and this is something that I, I just really want to say faith comes before the manifestation and faith yeah. comes before the feelings yeah. we can't be focused on the feelings we can't be you know, focused on the experiences. What the Word of God, the Word of God, what, what what the Word says, that's the ultimate reality. The Word of God says, I'm seated with Him in heavenly places, whether, whether I'm experiencing it or not. The Word right. of God says that Christ lives in me, whether I feel that or not. The Word of God says that He's Emmanuel, God with me, whether I feel that or not. The yeah. Word of God says, I have authority, you know, to, tre- to tread upon snakes and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, whether I feel it or not. And the more I believe that, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Just like Galatians, you know, we read, is it is it by hearing and faith or is it by the works of the law? And so I, I made a practice of just speaking the word of God over myself. And when I wake up in the morning, I'm God's beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. He loves me and he likes me. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And as I speak that over myself, I'm hearing it. Mm-hmm. As I'm hearing it, faith is arising in my heart. And as faith arises in my heart, it connects me to a divine reality. His presence begins to manifest. It doesn't just come in the room yeah. like it wasn't there before. It just begins to manifest and overwhelm my heart. Good. And so it's key, man. We focus on experiences, but really we just need to be rooted in the truth, speak the truth, hear the truth, dwell in the truth, and then faith will arise in our heart. And we will have experiences as time goes by. So so you, you made a statement. I feel it's like a really cool transition moment because I told you before the show I'd like to talk about this a little bit. Yep. The, the difference between the manifestation of God's presence and the conjuring up of a spirit, right? <laughs> because because a lot of the times in, in our circles that we roll in, it, it sounds like that's what we're doing. Like Holy Spirit's not here. Let's let's worship three fast, two slow. Let's let's uh, uh, pray X amount of time. Let's make sure that we fast. Let's and scream. We, let's scream. Out the microphone. Oh, yeah, shofars, dances, mm-hmm. flags, yeah. all of it. Right, yeah. all of it. Right, and 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 when we do those things, then there's a point, there's a moment in time when the Holy Spirit is pleased and He shows up. Right. So it it seems very Eastern, very cosmic, very like spooky. You know, like like let's chant Him into the room, like. I know nobody wants to say that, but if we're going to think critically about what we're telling our congregation, yeah. we're saying that. Yeah. Um, g- give me some thoughts on that, man, because I, I yeah, no, is what comes <laughs> to my mind. Uh, but 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 give I, me your thoughts. There's on that, this man. there's this person that came up to me and they were like a new believer, a new believer, yeah. and they're going to a very you know spirit filled church. And, you know, they sing that song, you know, um, Holy Spirit come into the room or something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember what song it was. And then now you're here. You know, um, I think it was Shekinah glory come down or whatever. Okay. You know, it's like, okay, you're asking for the glory to come in, right? And now he's here. Now we're here sitting in your presence. Yeah. And the next verse is, they're asking him to come back into the room, right? Yeah. And then the next thing is, he's here. You know, yeah. like, did he, he's coming back, he's leaving, he's coming back, he's leaving, right? And so they were like, they were legitimately, and I'm not, oh, I don't I don't know who wrote that song, no, and I'm no, not no, trying no. to mock anybody, no, no. but this is someone came I don't up think to, I've ever noticed that. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> 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 going. So, and I think a lot of people didn't notice it, you know? Yeah, we just yeah. kind of go with the flow. And so this girl comes up to me and she goes, I'm a new believer. Like, is he here? Is he not here? Like, what's Like, what's going on here with a lot of our songs? And I'm like... Yeah, so I began to I began to speak to her a little bit about it, and see, here's the thing, man. Such we, a powerful song, too. It's yeah. ruined for me from now on. Like it's gone. I can't do it. You can't do no, it anymore. Go ahead, keep going, keep going. And so, and so, 
So I think we're as humans. I love, dude. You got so much joy right there. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, man. So there's, um, there's like this. Uh, what was I saying, bro? Okay. So is he here? Is he gone? Okay. Yeah. 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 Is he here? And he got. So as humans, excuse me. Okay. Yeah. Great. We're trying to develop a language. Right. For uh, supernatural things, spiritual things, like ethereal things. Human yeah. beings are trying to develop a language for it and come into the room. Holy Spirit, fall down. Fire, come open up the heavens. Like these are the only language that that, that, that cover we... us in oil, set us on fire. Yeah. All those different <laughs> things, all those different yeah. things. And and there people are really just asking for an encounter. They're asking to experience God. Their hearts in the right place. But we just, I feel like we haven't developed the right language for it. And some of it comes from the Old Testament, some of this language. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole different reality under the New Covenant. And so, but we use Old Covenant language in the New Covenant, and it still keeps that Old Covenant mentality going. This lie of lack, this lie of I got to perform for it. I got to, I got to do, I got to jump through seven hoops, do spiritual gymnastics before the Holy Spirit comes into the room. You know what I mean? So we still have a lot of Old Covenant stuff in our, in our New Covenant church, um, which is, which is an issue. But um, when I started to get revelation of the grace of God. Um, I used to hate being in services where people would use that language. I'd be like, oh my God, the glory's here. You know, he's in me. He's here. Why are we calling for the glory? But I was really cynical and I was really skeptical. My heart really wasn't right. It was kind of hard. Yeah. And then over time, I've I found anyone who has an immense amount of grace for this movement has been cynical at one point in time. <laughs> We've all been like, this is so dumb. And we're still here, which means something happened in our heart. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. real. There's a lot of real. There's there's so much authentic. The presence of the Lord's there. And the good thing is he doesn't wait for us to get all of our theology right. He doesn't right, wait for us right. to get all of our language right. All of our ducks in a row before he manifests and you know, you know reveals his power to us. Which is I'm so grateful for, man. Praise God. I'm yeah, so grateful for that. Um, but at the same time, I've learned that if I believe in the grace of God, I need to be gracious with people and where That's they're good. and where they're at in their walk with the Lord. Four years before this, I was using the same language because I didn't get it. So who am I now? A grace Pharisee judging people for not getting it right? You know right. what I mean? And that's exactly what you become when you say I'm better than you because I. I use the right language. I understand the scriptures better than you do. Become a grace Pharisee, and so. I began to think like, wow, they're just really expressing their heart. They're expressing what they want. They're expressing their desire. So now, um, for me, I don't get thrown off by that language. I know what they mean and I know what I believe. And I could even sing those words because I know that I'm not asking him to just come into the room. I'm asking for an experience and I'm okay with that now. Um, But I think it really needs to be taught because there's a lot of new believers, just like this girl that I told you about, that have no clue what's going on. And if we're going to use that language in our congregation, especially since you're supposed to feed the sheep and feed the lambs, we need to... Um, really explain these things so that when we, when we do use the language, we're not building an old covenant mentality in people's yeah. minds. When stuff yeah. happens in our service, that's abnormal. Cause we, I'm not going to pretend like it's normal for us to have crazy Pentecostal experiences, right? Like if, if, whether it be laughter or tongues of like tons of people speaking in tongues or you know, those kinds of things, I always get up and explain it to our first time guests. Like, this is what you're experiencing. I mean, yeah. Peter did it right. Like he yeah. stood up on the day of Pentecost and says, what you are hearing is what was prophesied. And he explained scripturally what was taking place. Yeah. And if we need to be, we need to be prepared to do that in those places and in those Absolutely. rooms. And when we talk about worship and those kinds of things, um, to, to express to the people of God, to the covenant family to say, look, um, you know, God's, God's presence does not come, go leave. Um, what happens is, is we become aware of what's happening um, and and there is a manifestation. I do like that word uh, because God can fill all and be in all, but still manifest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things that we see about that. We call it the, the Shekinah glory or the glory cloud or the the fire that, that spoke to Moses out of the bush or the, um, the, I mean, there's there's a million experiences where what we would call a manifestation takes place where, where God, who is infinite, who fills everything, you know, he, 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 he is an infinite, all-knowing, all-powerful God. Yeah. And then he shows up in a tangible way. That is a manifestation, yeah. right? So God's presence we have access to anywhere, everywhere, yeah. right? But that can also manifest um, yeah. for yeah. his own glory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and nothing but for that. Yeah. And yeah. people are hungry for that. And that's good. Amen. And that's good. I don't want to take that away from people. And I feel like that, um, you know, we, some people think, oh, man, but... Um, you know, if we tell people they have the fullness and we tell people Jesus did it all, if we tell people that this is theirs, you know, and they have access to it, then they're just going to get lazy. They're going to they're gonna get complacent. They're not going to be hungry for the more of God. And that's, that wasn't the case for me. And that's not the case for most people that I know that experience God and are grounded in the truth. That's, that's like saying the grace of God, people will use it as a license to sin. 
Um, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's what you know. Paul, Paul, Paul referenced that not because people were doing it, but because these were not saved people who were doing it. Yeah. Right. Like we we write these things to say this is how good the gospel is. Now, so, shall we continue on sinning so that grace may abound? Certainly not. Right. Absolutely no. There's no way that can be the case. And and what d- Paul does is he says there will be people who come in amongst you who start acting like this, and you need to have a come to Jesus moment with these people. Mm-hmm. These are not believers who you should worry about losing their salvation. These are non-believers who aren't regenerate, mm-hmm. and we need to have conversations with them in love and mercy and humility, pulling them, teaching them more accurately the scriptures. I think is yeah. what Priscilla and Aquila would do. We've got 15 minutes left in the program. If you are watching and you want to ask questions, please do so now. We've only got a little bit more time left in the program. If you're blessed by this ministry, please donate. As you can see, we are filming this program on cell phones, believe it or not. They're going into an iPad and it switches live to uh, the Facebook. So we're trying to upgrade all of our equipment. We need about $1,000 left uh, in the budget to upgrade our equipment by August. That's the goal. So if you're out there and you want to donate, you can go to our website at theremnantradio.com. We have a PayPal uh, set up there. You can donate. That would help us out tremendously. A um, few moments left in the program, about 15 minutes. Where, what are some things that you would want to address before we wrap this stuff up? I want to give you a little bit of free reign. Where, where would you like to go? Man, we were just talking about people. I've, man, I just have a passion for people to experience God's presence. And, you know, I think a, there's a few different people in the church. There's the kind that um, they're kind of looking for any excuse to just be, you know, like there's, there's people that are saying, I, you know, I love Jesus, but I also love this other stuff here and I love my lifestyle and sure. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, stop doing these few things. So there are people that say, Oh, grace, great. And they, it becomes just a theology, but it doesn't penetrate their hearts. And because of that, they say, I've got the fullness or yeah, I've got the Holy spirit. And they become real cynical and they become, I, I know people that have, yeah. you know, cause I've been a lot of, around a lot of groups that believe in the grace of God and they would get real cynical and call people legalists or their law people or their Pharisees or their whatever. And that's just the wrong heart and that's the wrong spirit. And, um, you know, like, but at the same time with that, we need to understand like there's pure hearted people in the church that struggle with performance, that struggle with self condemnation, that have unbiblical paradigms, you know, or old covenant paradigms. And we've been planted in a new covenant reality of sonship, mm-hmm. of walking with him, of being filled with the Holy Spirit. We're not temples of the Holy Spirit. The temple was a place where the glory of God dwelt in fullness. And now we are the temples of God. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. And so once we begin to realize that, not just in our heads, but it becomes a revelation to us. It really just comes alive on the inside of our hearts. We don't become passive. We don't become <clears throat> complacent. We don't just say, I got the fullness and do nothing with it. Once you've tasted and seen that God is good you're not just okay with it being theology you're not just okay with it being in your head it has to be something that you live out it has to be something that you see in your life and so encounters are so important because when you encounter him you realize that my life without him is nothing Mm -hmm. that literally apart from him i can do nothing so i am strong i believe in encounters i believe that we have access to live a life of encounters i believe in visions dreams experiences with heaven the supernatural miracles i've experienced these things myself but at the same time, I was like such a roller coaster, man, such a roller coaster. And I actually began to read Song of Songs, and a lot of guys don't like Song of Songs. And I used to read it and just get a couple little nuggets out of it, but nothing else. But in this season of performing, in this season of striving for me, God led me to the Song of Songs. And I would read through it, and I had dramatic encounters with God where he was just pouring his love into my heart. I had a vision of the face of Jesus, and he wasn't furring his eyebrow in anger and disappointment because I didn't pray enough. He was, he was smiling, dude. He was smiling. Praise God. He was, he had, he was, he was delighting <laughs> in my heart, delighting in my life. And that vision, I, I, I was never the same. It, it changed me from Amen. the inside out. And so these encounters with God, these visions that we have, raw, authentic moments in the presence of the Lord change you forever. It changes the total trajectory of your life. And so that's why I'm all about exposing people to the presence of God through conferences, through our meetings, through what we do, through our teachings, books, resources, everything like that, giving them a hunger and an anticipation to experience the glory of God in his presence because one touch and you're never the same. But at the same time, it's not only about the experiences. It's not only about the feelings if you don't have a strong grounding in the word of God and not just the word of God. We need a, a, a we need and the church needs a high theology on um, regarding the new covenant 
and regarding what, what Paul preached and regarding um, what Peter and John and all these guys shared about what Jesus said, he was bringing us into a brand new reality where literally he poured out all of his blessings by grace and we get to receive them, access them by faith, not, not through striving, not through cleaning yourself yeah. up, not through jumping through, you know, spiritual hoops or anything like that. We're literally, it used to take me sometimes an hour before I felt anything or got any revelation from the word of God. But when I began to realize how accessible he is, I would just wake up and say, Jesus. And then I would just, he's there. I sense him. I became aware, you know, just takes a second. He loves us and he loves revealing himself to us. So, so where, okay. So when we talk about, um, what we experience in God's presence and that, that is, it's, it, we should encourage it. We should experience it. And there's, there's been people that have been praying to see the face of God for years. 10, 15 years. You yeah. know, there are people who've been praying to speak in tongues 10, 15 years. There've been people who uh, have ex- asked to experience the love, experience the joy and sincerely, genuinely, authentically have pressed after those experiences and have found themselves lacking, have, have maybe had uh, a, a partial uh, of what they were looking forward to, whatever, you know, um, and they're living with disappointment, regret. I mean, I know people who've been pressing for a healing their entire life and they're in their sixties. And, and, and when people bring up healing when they're like, come up to the altar, if you need prayer, like their heart just kind of falls apart. Like, no, yeah. I can't do this again. Like, I like I, I've, I've been so invested. I've been so long. I've been so, what do we, what do we do? And, and when we talk about these experiences transform you, these experiences change you and their hearts like, well, well, I want to be transformed. Like I want to be changed. Certainly I want to be healed. Like I don't want to have cancer. I've got a, a friend who comes on the show uh, every week, Michael Mitchell. He does mm-hmm. systematic theology with us. He has cancer. Like I'm praying constantly that this guy gets yeah. healed of cancer because he's a yeah. genius and he's destroying the kingdom of darkness and he's teaching us theology. Like what do we do? I know things just got real, but what do we do when, when our theology of experience, of encounter doesn't line up. What do we do with that? What is, you know, just saying, you know, to the guy who's got cancer, who's dying and saying, well, man, it's, it's just belief. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> you know, like what do you, that, that's great for a sermonette, but like for yeah. the guy who's dying or the guy who's, who's been pressing into this thing yeah. forever. I know people who've been pressing into this. They're not walking away from Jesus. They've been in this for five, 10 years looking, trying to experience God's presence, to experience his face, to, to enjoy his presence. They're not walking away because they've, they've committed. You yeah. don't, you don't press in for 15 years if you don't believe. Um, but, but they're tired. They're weary. What do we, what do we do there? I've experienced that a lot. Um, I know a young guy who was pressed in for tongues for a long time, didn't experience it like he, he wanted to, um, didn't have the experiences that a lot of people said he should have. He, he turned the cessationism to justify yeah. his, la- his lack of experience. And I understand that you get discouraged, you get um, frustrated, you know, di- you know, di- you know um, all kinds of stuff like that. And then I knew this one guy who went to Christ for the Nations, older man. Um, he was in a wheelchair, all kinds of uh, stuff wrong with his body. Mm-hmm. He always believed for healing. He was always full of faith pain would go through his body and he'd say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Like literally like teenagers that were depressed for, uh, you know, having a few dollars that week or, you know, their girlfriend dumped them or whatever would be convicted because this guy was praising and worshiping God in pain, pain. in bodily pain. And he would go up several times for healing. They'd pull him out of the wheelchair. He tried, man. He had so much faith. He's with the Lord now, you know, he never got healed. Um, but at the same time, he was such a representative of Jesus. He was, he shined the light and the glory of Jesus and people, he led a lot of people to the Lord. He was an evangelist, man. He was awesome. And so I don't have an explanation for all of it, but I know that the Bible talks about a fight of faith. It doesn't say a fight to bring God's presence down. It doesn't say a fight to work miracles. It doesn't say a fight for any of that. It says that there is a fight of faith. And we need to realize that, man, we're on a journey. And if our experiences don't line up with what the word of God says, the word of God trumps our experiences at the end of the day. That's it. that's, That's my hope. That's where my faith is. If my experiences don't line up with what the word of God says, the word of God beats my experiences every single time. I don't have faith in my experiences. I don't have faith in healing. I don't have faith in these things apart from what the word of God says. And so if I'm seeing healing, great. If I'm not seeing healing, great. I still believe in healing because the word of God says that. Yeah. And so um, I, it's, it's hard when you say, well, brother, you just don't have enough faith. I never take that road. That's a horrible road to go down. You comfort people when they're suffering. You love people when they're suffering. You pray for them. You, you encourage their faith with, you know, with, with sensitivity. You know yeah. what I mean? Without making them feel less than or condemned. But at the same time, it is a fight of faith. And yeah, it's when, when someone is 
has been abused and, and taken advantage of um, in, in their marriage or whatever, the first thing you tell that lady when she sits in your office is not, well, you know, biblically, technically, he does have authority over you. Like, you, that's yeah. not that's not what you run to. It may be true, but it it's not, you don't use the word to whack someone yeah. over their head while they're in pain. You know, we, you, you know when, when you're sure. having a conversation with someone about uh, the Holy Spirit, about gifts, about wonders, about whatever, uh, and, and that is a sensitive subject. You you mourn with those who mourn, you weep with those who weep. I, I think that's a, that's a beautiful approach. Yeah. Um, and maybe maybe my question is, why isn't it working? And, and if I don't know is a legitimate answer. Uh, that's fine. You can you can give me that. I'm not. You can cop out here. Um, but but why doesn't it work? Like like I've seen the gospel work. I've seen people have demons cast out. I've seen people who have who have been sick get healed. I've seen the manifestation. Like I've I've with my I've held the X-rays in my hands in Illinois of a boy whose heart was on the wrong side of his chest. Hmm. Got prayer and it's on the other side of his chest yeah. on another X-ray. Yeah. Same kid. Amen. Like we've seen ridiculous things, right? Yeah. All that being said, why is it that my dad still has hearing aids? He's got a cochlear, and he might get another one. And I'm yeah. like, the devil is a liar. Like, I'm yeah. so upset about this. Yeah. Why, you know, why is it that Smith Wigglesworth has ulcers? Why does his daughter, like, deaf her entire life? Like, why do these men of faith... Bill Johnson's who, son is partially deaf. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, these guys believe in it. They see it. But why not that? And I know that's that's like the impossible question for the Pentecostal charismatic <laughs> movement. So if you could answer it, that would really help us all a whole lot. Oh wow! But man. wow. Well, I know that Bill Johnson is a great example for me. Smith Bigglesworth would be a great example for yeah. me because of what they've experienced. But at the same time, Bill Johnson just said, "God is good, and that's what I believe, no matter what. We believe it, whether we see it or not." Amen. And dude, it's really I can't answer that question for you. I just know what the Word of God says, and I know that the Lord, I think, is refining us not to be double-minded. I think if that question is louder in our hearts than what the Word of God says, then it could hinder us from experiencing the power of God. That's good. Because the man who's double-minded is tossed to and fro, unstable in all his ways, and he should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, right? And so I think in the test of faith, in the test of faith, when you're not seeing what you want to see, those questions that were always on the inside of you are being challenged and being tested, and either they're going to stand and overcome, or either they're going to be refined away, and the truth of God's Word is going to win. And so I feel like in our hard times, experiencing things that we want to our hearts being refined our faith being challenged but it's also being refined and we need to make sure our questions aren't louder than our faith so you quoted james a second ago which talks about a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways he should not expect to receive anything from the lord Mm. the preface to that is consider all draw my brother when you counter various trials knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance Mm -hmm. let endurance have its perfect work to be perfect complete lacking in nothing Mm -hmm. and then and then it says but if anyone of you lacks wisdom ask of God who gives generously and without reproach. Mm -hmm. So, but the unstable man, and that's where where you came in. So, so it, it is very possible that the trial, that the sickness, that the sin, that the whatever that is in your life, that you're warring against, that you're believing for deliverance over, it's the commitment to scripture, the commitment to faith that is actually purging that thing out of you. It's, it's the trial that makes you perfect, complete, lacking in nothing. Right. So, so, I, I, I would say keep believing, keep pressing. I'm going to keep believing for you. I'm going to I'm yeah. going to keep pressing with you. Um, but but I also think that the body of Christ needs to do a really good job of mourning with those who mourn. Amen. That the that's guy great. who's sick, like that's a serious thing for us. Like yeah. we need to we need to mourn over that. Like yeah. it, you know, Bill Johnson's son who's got a, a cochlear. You know, like he comes into a meeting and it's hard for him to engage with people during worship. I mean, I don't know this. I'm just saying I know people who do that. Yeah. You know, they can't hear peripheral. It, it it hinders their fellowship with people. They have fewer friends. Those kinds of things are legitimate concerns and pains that they go through. And we need to pick those up and carry them like it was ours. Exactly. Uh, and really believe for it and really pray for it and That's really good. press into it. Yeah. Jesus sympathized with our weaknesses. That's right. He was man. our great high priest who sympathized with us, who had compassion when he was moved to heal us. And so if we're going to be like Jesus, we need to be moved with compassion and sympathize with people. That's it. Mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice, not you know, emotionlessly slapping them in the back of the head saying, have more faith. How come you didn't have enough faith? Amen. At the same time, we need to learn how to build faith in people, you know, um, through love, yeah. you know, in an encouraging, loving, comforting way. Because a lot of times people do need a good dose of faith, but um, not the way a lot of people have been hurt and abused by, you know, faith preachers or people good, that have man. just tried to beat them off the side of the head about it. So, okay. So we are actually wrapping up the program. Thank you everybody so much for tuning in this week. We've got a couple of things that we need to address just briefly. If you want to, if you feel blessed by this ministry, you want to donate, to us, go to theremnantradio.com. There's a donate section on the homepage. Uh, it's a PayPal thing. You can give, you know, whatever you you can, whatever you feel led to give. 
absolutely no obligation, absolutely no pressure. But if the Lord has blessed you with this ministry and you want to sow into this so that others can experience the same thing, go to the website, theremnantradio.com. How do people get connected with you? If they want to have you come and speak at their church, if they want yep. to watch your videos, all that stuff. Yeah, sure. They can go to www.lifepouredout.intl, that I-N-T-L is short for international, .org. And there they can get a bunch of our shows that's totally archived on there. They can find us on YouTube. We have all of our shows, teaching videos archived on YouTube. So that's a growing. The channel's growing. They can also find us on Facebook. It's called Michael Lombardo Page. They can go there. They can follow the page. All of our updates are on there. Booking mm-hmm. stuff is on our website. Event stuff's on the website. So Cool. So anybody, yep. uh, if you guys are watching, thank you so much uh, for tuning in every week. We usually have Monday evening shows from uh, uh, 8.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. But this week, uh, we have VBS. So thank you guys so much. We love you. Want to thank Kairos Classrooms for sponsoring this episode of Remnant Radio. And if you're out there, you've ever wondered, hey, I wonder if learning a biblical language would be a supplemental tool for me to help me in my biblical studies. Well, you need to check out Kairos Classrooms. They offer Greek and Hebrew classes that can help teach you and train you. It's a live classroom environment with actual students and actual live teachers, and they help teach you the biblical languages of Greek in Hebrew. You need to check out Kairos Classrooms today. There's a link in the description and you can use the promo code REMNANT to get 10% off. These classes are already crazy affordable, but with the promo code REMNANT, R-E-M-N-A-N-T, you'll get 10% off of Kairos Classrooms. So check that out today. And thank you so much for Kairos for sponsoring this episode of REMNANT Radio.